There's nobody out there, there's nobody out there I've tried To live for the moment, we're living our life straight Out of a book and we know That none of that matters, it's you, it's me can we live how we want it to be? It's you, it's me We used to live life cemetery It's you, it's me Why can't we get along? Good morning and welcome to episode 263 of Taking the Charge Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine of Hine News. Thank you for stopping by. We are getting ready. More and more basketball is starting back up. Club seasons, everything else. Can't wait. Um, and uh, yeah, a an old topic has come back to to to, to life, and uh, so need to uh, talk about it. Uh, before we do that, let me just uh, let you know you can get in contact with the show. Easiest way is to reach me. Uh, uh, probably on Twitter at, at High News, H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. You uh, can go to the website, highnews.com. Their email address is highnews at gmx.de. You can go to the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and you'll find us there. We do ask you to knock on the door before we let you in. Uh, you can go to iTunes, rate, and review the show. You can support the show um, at patreon.com slash taking the charge show us some love uh, that uh, of the work that uh, uh, doing uh, with the podcast I think that's it okay so um, the issue at hand uh, is the FIBA the national team in season national team when uh, national team breaks uh, so the sort of co- so-called feeble windows and uh, it uh, has uh, c- sprung back to life the the Euroleague came up with a proposal which kind of um, in essence just did away with the national team windows during the season and uh, put all the national team competition to the summer and um and was yeah kind of clear that that FIBA wouldn't be doing that uh, wouldn't agree to that just because they um, you know clearly are set in in the in the plan that they're putting forward and and we'll start in uh, just games will be starting in about two months and uh, FIBA came back in case you haven't read uh, you can go to various places um, um, you. The FIBA came back with a compromise, sorry, to kind of uh, fit the games into the existing EuroLeague windows. Again, this is basically just uh, dealing with EuroLeague the teams and the EuroLeague schedule. Uh, Euro Cup uh, clubs uh, do have the FIBA windows uh, built into the schedule, uh, the Euro Cup schedule, so that uh, there is the the uh, the schedule open for them, for the national team windows, the national team breaks. Uh, Euroly kind of came back and said more or less, you know, that's not really what we want. Uh, we will, but we'll give you a final answer in the coming days and weeks. Um, 
so that's where we were and i figured it'd be good to just kind of talk about it but i didn't really want to just you know offer my opinion i just kind of wanted to talk about it with some other people just to kind of get their opinions and so you can kind of formulate your own uh idea and uh, also to inform you um with some various uh ideas from what other what other people might have come up with and not just mine so uh interviewed three people uh two guys coming back on the show uh who you you know you know pretty well emmett ryan from ball in europe he was just on the show two weeks ago talking about uh euro basket and then uh for first time we have uh manuel baraniak uh from basketball.de german website also writes for Five Magazine, the German basketball magazine, German language basketball magazine, and then uh, the last one will is uh, Aris Barkas from Eurohoops.net, and uh, obviously he's been on the show a few times, and uh, so uh, just gonna you know introduce those guys and and let the interviews interviews i mean the talks the chats the discussions whatever um kind of uh kind of uh you know let them be the podcast this week uh, not too too much other side discussions so um again starting off with emmett ryan from ball in europe then going to manuel baraniak from basketball.de and then finishing off with rs barkas so enjoy those uh and uh we'll talk to you then uh, when they're uh, on the other side. Okay, so um, coming back on the show, uh, back on the show, I'm at Ryan. Um, and uh, if you want to know Emmett, obviously we've had him on the show a number of times, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Emmett from Ball in Europe uh, dot com. Thank you, Emmett, for coming on. Always a pleasure, Dave. And as I said before, we started recording. We finally, uh, having brought the good weather home with me from Eurobasket, yep, it's finally gone. We are getting Irish weather today here in Dublin. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, not too, not too bad here in southern Germany. Um, so it's been a kind of a, a turbulent week uh, in the, I don't know how you want to call it, the FIBA EuroLeague dispute, uh, I guess if you want to call it that. It had been quiet uh, kind of for a while. I think probably people were wondering what actually might happen um, considering that Eurobasket, the final of the national team competitions had ended and we were kind of uh, figuring out where we're going to go now, you know, with these windows actually coming up, you could actually see the window, if you will. Uh, um, yeah. You, you wrote a long, uh, a long uh, essay, if you will, um, a long piece on, on ballinyourup.com and encourage everybody uh, to read it. Um, that was, um, I believe, after the offer f- from Euroleague, correct? Uh, or was the, actually, or was the compromise offer then included? And in, I can't remember. Uh, the FIBA offer had come through. Yes, it had come uh, through, and it was in there. Okay, had come through. But it, I press published moments before Euroleague emailed back, email sent out their statement. Like, and I do mean like I. I Press publish, and I went to my Gmail. I saw you're like a just email. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to write any more on this. 
I'm not gonna. Well, basically, how, I was how, well, all I remember saying was, "We're not accepting the deal." So, yeah. and I was like, you know, everybody knew they were in the deal. I'd assumed they were in the deal in the piece, so it didn't add anything to it. Uh, but yeah, like, all right. Well, 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 give us your thoughts. I mean, for people that you know, uh, go read it. But uh, you know, who, who you know, you, you you read the the initial offer, um, and then and then saw the the compromise, um, and then the answer. Basically, what are your thoughts? Okay, I got two thoughts on this really, Dave, that are like, you know, to keep it as simple as I can. One is we've got to go way back to the start of this dispute. Whenever you wanted to find a start, I am very open to like, you know, suggestions on that because to me, it's that even that's unclear. But the problem is from the start, this relationship has been adversarial. And when you have that, that's an issue because <clears throat> there are a lot of reasons for FIBA and EuroLeague to want to work together, but they have been acting with a lot of suspicion, a lot of it on both sides justified, uh, a lot of paranoia, and frankly, a lot of assumptions that there's no way they can lose, rather than thinking of, do we even want to fight? Like, are there upsides in finding ways to work together? So that's been my fundamental thing. Like, I look at this and I kind of go, you know, it's like somebody, EuroLeague has certain advantages, FIBA has certain advantages. Like, you know, if you're, you know, no one has a clear, you know, sort of advantage, or even if you say one side does, it's still going to be awfully costly and painful to get the overall victory, and all they end up doing is losing a potential ally. Uh, and people kind of go in Euroleague and FIBA's allies are kind of going, "Yep, that for me is as simple as is." Like you know, while you might go, but they hate each other, and kind of go, "That's kind of the problem." <laughs> them hating each other, them having this adversarial relationship, is the root of the problem. If they don't see the the reasons why they can work, why they should work together on certain levels, or at least work to find what is their common ground and make the most out of every you know inch of common ground they have that's a problem and it's going to lead to more conflicts like this down the line uh, so the resolution i have is pretty simple um it's uh, everybody kind of gets what they really want so the resolution i propose is very clear yearly which of course already runs euro cup and has complete ownership gets it without the headaches so the idea being that fiba doesn't have any sort of you know blocks on who goes where uh really gets to run as it wants total control and access to i said up to 48 teams across the two competitions because i've written previously you know you've got to build in for anything on yearly expansion plans what phoebe gets in returns is yearly gives them dates yearly works a way to fit in international basketball in the calendar the reason i think phoebe should go for this is the Basketball Champions League has achieved what it needs to achieve. Uh, it's proven it's not a Euro Challenge redux, but it's not just because of the teams they stopped going to Euro Cup. A lot of it is to do with their own job and actually remodeling it. An awful lot is to do with the fact that, like, frankly, there are fewer teams now between Euro League and Euro Cup than there were. So there are more good teams in the, available for the Basketball Champions League without the fight, you know, even if people aren't fighting. And the real goal for FIBA is to make international basketball you know, something that isn't just an event in the middle of, you know, sort of, you know, every two or three years, uh, you know, people kind of tune in for like three weeks, like to get people thinking about it during the time. For EuroLeague, it's about being able to do business cleanly because, yep, they are already doing a lot of what I said they're getting. But for me, it's a case of you get this without the headache. You're a business. You want to be able to focus on your core business, your core marketing, your core promotion. You do not want a distraction. If you can, and given you're already planning, and everybody knows this, this isn't exactly news, the EuroLeague is already planning on how it's going to build in for a future expansion of its own league, which means future working around dates. 
they can find a way to work around so that like you know two windows a year for international games is entirely doable as in sorry in season windows just to be clear um you know and you kind of look at this and it's like this is gives everybody what they really want uh, what they really need and then you can kind of go from there you can stop being adversaries and they can start looking at well what can we do to get together now I've got an interesting re- means of getting to how we solve this, but I think you might want to ask about that a little later down the call somehow. Um, to to me, I mean, okay, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it makes sense. You know, I think you could say, you know, that that you know, maybe giving up, um, uh, you know, some 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 leeway on 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 the you know Euro Cup and and, and whatnot. I, I just. I, I don't I don't really see uh, FIBA uh, budging much in their in their calendar. You know, I mean, they have basically all these dates set and more or less in stone. And um, and it, it seems to me that that the compromise that they threw out there um, is probably going to be one of their last compromises, um, you know, because I mean, really, in essence, what we're talking about is really just these two windows, um, and uh, which means you know two games or yeah, maybe maybe three games depending uh, as far as like Euroleague games, and really we're talking about twelve clubs. Okay, take away the NBA guys, of course, um, and that's a different you know topic for you know fourteen thousand other podcasts in the future or whatever as far as getting the NBA guys to to play the windows, but. Um, you know, we're basically talking about 16 clubs. And so, um, you know, th- you know, three we're games, 40 clubs. Well, well, no, your cup is, 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 has the windows in your cup has the uh, windows built into the season. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about 16 clubs. And so basically they offered the solution for the 16 clubs. All right. Yeah. I mean, I understand that it's tough for the travel for these, you know those two weeks, but I mean, you know, some of these, some of these uh, schedules, you know, that the that these early teams have to go through right now are already, you know, tough. If if you you know you throw in some weeks have double yearly games, and then you're trying to get in all of the domestic games report, you know, get uh, get all the domestic games. So it it seemed to me like this was you know okay you know you know we understand that 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 there's a problem you know with the calendar with your dates but you know maybe we can do it like this uh, to me it it seems like that's one of the the final you know compromises that's uh that's going to come forward I mean like I said because really it's just these sixteen clubs you know Euro Cup has has built in the windows uh, it would be a different story and which to me a little bit weakens the argument that Euro League uh, ECA, whatever have is that, you know, you, you have, you've given the, the, the Euro cup teams, but you know, to me, it doesn't seem like a huge issue to build in two windows into the season. Um, you know, I think the real issue is that FIBA just thought they could just throw them there and not discuss it with EuroLeague on a clear sort of open base saying, we're, we're going to do this. And they're expecting it back and forth. And again, it comes back to being adversarial. And like it might only be 16 clubs, but the vast majority of the players who aren't NBA based that are known by the casual fan, which is a key thing when you're trying to sell national team basketball, are on those 16 clubs. Like I know people are we're talking like there'll be 89 percent of the players at Eurobasket will be available in theory for the World Cup qualifiers. I was kind of going, yeah, but like you know, if the NBA lost 
Ireland's top 11% of talent, that's an absolute catastrophe. Uh, you know, and you are talking that type of situation again. It's like, you know, from a, you know, dilution of the, of the product standpoint, that's an issue. And again, this comes back to why are you fighting? Like, seriously, what has it come about? Like, you should be treating each other as potential business partners and allies. Like, the very, one of the early pieces I wrote about the Civil War in my series, I said, imagine hypothetically, it's not like Patrick Bauman hasn't had his job as long as he has, Dave. Imagine today is Patrick Bauman's first day in the job at FIBA. And the first thing he does, gets in the morning, is he calls up Jordi Bertomeo and he goes, I'd like to chat to you about where we can work together. Well, I think he probably would try to call up Silver first, but let's say the second call would be Jordi Bertomeo. Okay, but like, well, let's, well <laughs> let, let's say he's really smart and he calls Bertomeo first uh, because he can probably you know do more with Bertomeo in the short term. Uh, you know, it's like he goes, let's grab a beer and see where we can work together. Like, there's no passive aggression. There's no ultimatums. There's no threats. There's no, you know, trying to start a fight. He's just flat out saying, let's be two guys grabbing a beer and see where we can work together. Bertrand May would be an idiot to say no to that beer. Like, he would he would be known, you know, because, you know, this guy is coming from a position of friendship. And, you know, he's like not trying to, you know, demand anything. And that is how this should have really started with the, with the two sides. Somebody being the bigger person saying here's how we do this because again yeah i agree this offer from fiba probably is their last compromise and your league will probably tell will probably tell them yeah don't care and they just won't release their players so you're going to have your league dates clashing with national team dates because your league know they can do that you're going to have diluted national teams you know the greek side that will uh, play the uk during that first window will feature if i'm doing my maths right at most one player who played in Eurobasket, uh in johannes bruises like uh, maybe perhaps Aginus if he gets a release from the Kings, although I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, that's insane. Like, you know, that 10 of your 12-man roster suddenly isn't available to play for you because y'all couldn't stop fighting. Now, like the solution I proposed, it's, you know, it's crazy, but it's getting some momentum on Twitter, Dave. You see the retweets coming is 24th of October is a busy night for both guys. There's Basketball Champions League and there's Euro Cup. I've offered, obviously with a bit of fee in mind, Dave, which we know, is the two boys come to my pub in Rathmines, the Blackford, my local. <laughs> and we we hash this out. Just three guys having beers. Jordi brings me three cards of cigarettes. Patrick covers the beers and pizza. I, I think this is the way to do it. Uh, people think, you know, obviously I wrote it partially in jest, but at the same time I'm kind of going, maybe we need something this crazy to actually get it done. Because right now, everybody's just so busy trying to think, how do we make sure we don't look bad? No one's thinking, how do we make sure we actually fix this? I was asked, I was asked about, you know, okay, what do you do? You know, FIBA was, your offer was made, and, and um, FIBA offer was made, and, and do I think the EuroLeague will accept it? And I said, all right, you mean, the compromise seems fair and whatnot, but I, you just don't know what... You just don't know how the um, the the people in Euroleague will will see it. You know whether or not they think it's a good idea or not. You know whether or not they they might say, you know what, you know we just um, it, it's offered from them and not from us, so we don't want it. I don't. I'm not saying that that's what it, it was at all. I'm just saying that you know maybe you know they see their side weakened if they offer it and maybe if they FIBA might be the same same way you know FIBA's you know they you know oh we don't want something that's offered um 
you know, to and and his you know final resolution, you know, uh, was offered from them. You know, we had to you know cave in, whatever. I I, I don't know about the the pecking order of the personalities. Be the bigger G, then, you know, what's that? Be the bigger G, like be the bigger person. Like, yeah, you, know, you and me could be... say that, but you know, but everything else. So so um, all right. There there's there's another factor that's that's I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly. Um, trying to figure out exactly how this is actually going to influence the entire thing, and you've seen you've seen federations now, um, the national federations really come on come on board with the FIBA compromise, and and and, and actually a couple other federations, I, I know the Spanish have, and then I think a couple other have said that um, that they're going to call their Euroleague players, you know, they're going to nominate their Euroleague players for uh, for those for those windows. Um, and, and I guess the question then would be how, um, what impact will, I don't want to call it pressure, um, uh, but will the, the, um, apparent, um, unity or at least, um, you know, uh, larger, uh, you know, agreement among the federations, what kind of impact will that have? On this, that the, the you know that the federations are, are throwing their support, uh, you know, also towards uh, the uh, the FIBA side. Well, you can look at it a couple of ways. You can look at it if you're you know thinking of the short term, you know, that the the the, 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 the rubbing pennies like you know the the, the losing pounds to rub a penny. You might go, well, maybe FIBA wins around, great, and what happens with the relationship? EuroLeague starts thinking, how do we get to a point where we no longer need national federations? That's what happens. Uh, you know, and you have people continuing fighting. And, you know, it's brinkmanship. This is what it is. And it's like, if as long as that is the situation, like it comes back again, I know it's sounding very peace and happy, but I'm thinking, no, this is raw business. Because, you know, the FIBA, EuroLeague is not the NBA, but FIBA isn't FIFA. It's not even UEFA. They've got to realize they both need each other to some degree, or at least both could benefit from each other to some degree if they stop fighting because people might win that round and force that. But even look at when FIBA put the compromise in to suggest that movement of games and dates, they could have done that a year ago. Like, they really could have. Uh, or even, like, the, the day the, FIBA, the early calendar came out, they didn't. Like, you know, the timing was crazy. And I kind of look at this and go, it's almost like, and by almost like I mean, I'm flat out saying, because I, I, I don't have to worry about it as a... As a, as a uh, alleged, uh, you know, sort of a uh, b- bit of balance here because I'm angry at both, so I'm clearly balanced. It's like it's clearly like both sides are trying to just focus on how they look to their own individual sort of power bases, rather than the people, the two groups that matter probably the most, which are the fans, who are clearly annoyed as heck, and the players who, you know. And then you see early going, kind of going, oh, well, actually, it probably makes more sense for player rest to move the national tournaments to the summer. And both sides are kind of going, I'm looking, are you really talking to the players themselves? Because, you know, we heard a lot of this from Kyle Hines and Nicola Kalinich in the summer, and a bunch of other guys chimed in, too. You know, they don't feel like they're being listened to when it comes to rest. There is no pan-European players union. Now, admittedly, creating one will be difficult. Often, very important things are difficult to do, just like a peace deal between uh, FIBA and EuroLeague. And you go, well, maybe maybe it's time to be grown-ups. Maybe it's time to accept that the fighting, has all it's done is limited all of our growth. 
and maybe it's time we started looking at you know the past the piece and we start off by offering big olive branches because so far it's been tweaks it's been small bits here and there someone's got to offer a big big completely out there uncomfortable concession i mean an uncomfortable concession to their own base has to be offered i don't think right now either side is big enough to do it because well, what, what would you say is uncomfortable you say uncomfortable concession name the two uncomfortable the, the concessions then for me the resolution i propose i think would be an uncomfortable concession for example uh where Euroleague agrees it will find a way to fit in national team windows fiba agrees it will give Euroleague no headaches going forward on euro cup and complete power of the top two tiers of club competition and in both cases that wouldn't sit well with certain stakeholders older groups short term long term i think it will, it will benefit tremendously so to me that's an uncomfortable concession but i'm not sure you know how it's like it's it's going to require bravery on both sides just so we're clear because we're getting plenty of brinkmanship but we're getting no bravery because you know doing the hard thing is the brave thing guys and doing the hard thing is often the right thing for business as well as for the fans um all right so last uh question um I, initially, I wrote down who blinks first, <laughs> but um, I don't think. I'll blink. I think. I think. I think. I think they have toothpicks in their eyes, and and. Uh, um, but um, let's say how it ends, and that could be, um, you know, any anywhere from the windows are stricken um the format is entirely changed to the games are played um as that is with the schedule right now uh, as uh with with or without your league players it gets changed to um um it gets changed to uh the 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 you know so that it would fit into the calendar the you know so who blinks I'm, first but uh I, I, or 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 you know how how it ends how you see november 23rd to 29 what shakes down november 23rd 29 uh, i see nothing i know i see nothing changing now in november 23rd 29 uh, to me that, that they, they I don't, as i said in the piece as well as both sides need to punt the season they both need to accept that the you know they've left it too late to make real fixes now and they should be focusing already in the future because the real how it ends is you got two options. You've got one, which is the best for business one, where they work together long term on how to benefit each other because they can both benefit by the promotion of basketball as a product and their own products within that uh, on a global scale. Or they can continue to see each other as adversaries, in which case the national team product gets continually diluted and confusing for fans, harder to sell. And the early product is constantly being limited because of the uh, uh, some would argue justifiable interference by FIBA in its attempts to strengthen its position uh, against EuroLeague. So I give one situation where everybody wins and people start working together with, with you know, obviously concessions being made, or everybody loses and uh, the growth of the sport against uh, an increasingly competitive entertainment environment uh, is stunted. I hope for the nice ending i tremendously fear the latter all right here, actually then this is sort of a last half question we'll say um l let's say um 
just because I'm in Germany and I have a Germany on my mind right now. Let's say that um, – who do you want to say? Who do you want to put in there? Um, who didn't play? Uh, let's say – I don't know. I'm not Stucky. I don't like Stucky. I'm trying to come up with a, with a, with a German player here. Um, uh, fringe guy okay. who could play – let's see. Who do we have? Let's say – I know this is great radio. This is great uh, podcasting. Barrett Gunther? Uh, no, 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 no. Sort of younger and unproven, a little bit uh, less, less, less proven. Okay. Um, let's go, let's go Keel. Let's go Nick, Nicholas Keel. You know, he's making strides at the, at the, um, you know, a lot of people like him with, uh, with, uh, Frankfurt, you know, he's a 97, 96, uh, he is a 97 born 20 years. Uh, he'll play the entire year at uh, 20 years old with Frankfurt. And let's say, um, uh, or no, let's say Hart, oh, Hartenstein was there. Um, let's say Kiel. All right, so let's say Kiel plays in the uh, second game of the, uh, uh, on November 28 or 29, whatever, so plays in the second game of that window. Um, wouldn't you say that that's a benefit? Wouldn't you say that, for example, that uh, some French, uh, you know, 21-year-old who can't make the national team if, if all the big guns are there, what if he gets to has a chance to play and uh, and you know and which he hadn't been able to play? Um, doesn't that help your 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 the 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 depth of your national team system? You understand? The, you understand the question, right? I do. I think it helps a lot more if Mr. Kiel is able to play along Messrs. Steiger, Tada, and Voitman, uh, and get experience by playing with the guys who are going to be regularly in that. And not be, and I think you know. Should, do you really want your qual- teams playing in qualifiers to be developmental sides rather than your best sides? Because, like, the USA in America was kind of the only justifiable argument there, uh, you know, because of the sheer difference in the USA and everyone else in basketball. I mean, that's it's actually hard to replicate that in other sports uh, in terms of the depth and strength. Uh, but no, like, because you're you get better by playing alongside better players and you also get that the rub so like you know a german person watching the german national basketball team will see that this guy keel is 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 sharing a court with voitman so you can associate him with voitman it builds up the overall you know recognition going forward whereas if the side you're seeing in november is radically different to the side you're seeing in the summer window you're kind of going huh so like, like there are other ways to build up your depth of your national team program i i just no, it's like you, dilution is bad for brand for, for the product. It's just bad. Like there's no upside to it, and it's bad for the early product too, which I think the early doesn't realize. And oh god, yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I, I you know I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on my, my what I've said from people privately. Obviously, a lot of people don't want to uh, be publicly saying their views because they have the ears of uh, Jordi and or Patrick. Like I can assure you that I don't have their ears. Uh, I doubt this article will even end up on their desk. But hey, I, I, I'm still going to be in the pub. 24th of October, the Wednesday. I'll be sitting <laughs> in, my, in my local. And 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 I, I'm going to even do a video tour of the pub this weekend <laughs> so the guys get to see what it looks like. What they have to expect when they come up to well, well, Ireland. Lure them over because I'm figuring, you know. Ah, oh, yes. You know, it's like, you know, it's like show Ep- them my local. Epic Irish pub with... Guinness. 
Well, they do Guinness there, but I prefer more with the, the IPA. They're called Vietnam by a company called Trouble Brewing. That's really good. No, uh, and and you're there, and they'd be with the guy that uh, if they're. But you have to be careful if if they're not if they're not uh, beer drinkers, then you have to be careful. You have to see, uh, make sure you have something else to offer. You know, I mean, okay, yeah, uh, Irish whiskey maybe, of course. They got they got lots of spirits there as well, and they got a bit of a wine. <laughs> and you know, gin and tonic's a big thing in Dublin now. Uh, you know. All right, Emmett. Uh, Go ahead, let people know really quick to finish off uh, how they can follow you and find all your stuff. Uh, BallinEurope.com, obviously, at BIE underscore basketball on Twitter. Uh, the YouTube channel, if you just put in Ball in Europe, you'll find us pretty much immediately. And uh, I don't think is there any other, other outlets. Uh, well, none comes to mind, so they're the important ones. And yeah, like that long piece Dave mentioned earlier uh, on sort of, you know, the, the price of peace. Uh, lots of cultural references in there as as well i hope you enjoy it and uh, thanks for having me on dave of, of course Emmett. thanks for coming on and uh, we'll talk uh uh after the resolution is is made oh well whenever that so, we'll talk again for sure <laughs> okie dokie great stuff. all right so on the also on the show this week gonna have a couple of guests this week um is manuel uh, manuel baraniak he is the chief editor of the german basketball uh, website basketball.de as well as a writer for the German language basketball uh, magazine 5 and uh, a newcomer to the show uh, Manuel thanks for coming on hey Dave thanks for having me on the show gladly um, just kind of trying to get a couple different voices couple of different uh, 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 opinions whatnot on this wonderful debate going on in European <laughs> basketball um, yeah. and um, you know, basketball. I mean, Germany is 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 is, is you know still a growing growing league. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that you know some 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 great development going on, and, and so in the uh, in the country and the basketball here, and so figured it'd be good to kind of get a, um, you know, someone who who really focuses more sort of on the on a on a, on a specific national angle, domestic angle, than you know like the guys ball in Europe or Euro hoops um, yeah. or Sportando, etc. So. Um, so FIBA windows and, uh, and EuroLeague, um, sort of this past week has been kind of, uh, another, um, yeah, just, you know, we, we, we know that I don't want to go over it every, every, with every, with every interview partner, but so we had the EuroLeague, we had the EuroLeague offer, uh, which was a change in the calendar, which, you know, I mean, you could argue you knew that wasn't going to be accepted because, you know, they, they wanted to have the win in-season windows. FIBA comes back with the compromise, and then the Euroleague comes and, and has their answer. Um, so just go ahead and, and, and your thoughts on the whole thing. You know, can, you can, you know, go in, in detail, you know, you know, the thoughts on the offer from, from Euroleague to the compromise to the yearly answer just what are your thoughts on the on yeah. what's going on in the past week here in european basketball with with the with the in-season windows i think um yeah a good thing is that um the two sides uh, are talking to each other and um given um proposals um but i still think it's it's like too late you know the euroleague starts at october the 12th and um yeah for euroleague to like um uh, change something in in their calendar. I, I don't think it's possible. Um, the whole national window thing. I think theoretically it's a good thing um, for like give the national team yeah, like time during the season. But 
yeah, it's really hard for me to to see like how we do it practically because um, you know we all know that um, many that NBA guys um, won't be able to play in these windows. Um, if you're weak, it's it's probably the same thing. Um, so if FIBA wants to like push the national teams, um, you have to wonder if you really can push the product if the best players aren't available. So um, yeah, I'm 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 I was thinking about like what can you do what was what the best solution but it's really hard for me to like um, find a common ground for both parties to like say yeah um, this is a good kind of thing for both for both sides it's it's really hard um, and uh, yeah the main thing maybe also um, if, if let's talk about like yeah you have to bring both sides together Euroleague and FIBA but um, I think there's a third party it's the players and um, the players I have the feeling they don't have a voice in here um, maybe they should have the, the biggest voice because um, everything which is decided is, is on the back of the players and um, right now it's maybe it's to see the whole basketball world it's a time where um, players stand up it's yeah in, in the US it's more about political things but still um, you see like what players can have a voice and so in Europe um, with, with the, with the um, whole season and, and long seasons and, and rest and, all, and everything um, yeah it's, it's maybe a big topic would be like to give the, the players a big voice that's yeah that's in, in short um, some some things I, I think about um, if it's about fever Euroleague dispute um, to, to me it seems we're talking about uh, two weeks yeah more or less two weeks you know two short uh, you know, ten day session, uh, uh, two ten day breaks, and really about sixteen clubs. Uh, you know, Euro Cup, Euro Cup clubs are are going to be in. You know, the the, the windows are built into the Euro Cup season. Um, and uh, you know, there was a recent um, there was a recent roundtable discussion at, at Eurobasket with uh, Patrick Bauman, the FIBA general secretary, and, and the question I I I posed to him was. You know, you know we're all here in Europe, and um, and uh, you know you're around all these other uh, countries, all these other continents and stuff. And, and and what do what do the other continents? What do the people in Africa? What do the people in Asia? What do the people you know in these other places? What do they think of this this dispute going on? And and his response was, they all say, you know, we can't stand it anymore. We can't, you know, we're, we're sick and sick and tired of hearing this. Um, you know. Do you see this as a as a? I mean, okay, we're talking European basketball. Do you see this as a as a as a as a big deal in in in, in world basketball? And you know, if you if you take it and, and and go further out and say world basketball, do you see this as a as a big issue on the world basketball scene? Maybe I think the the main problem is really in, in Europe, yeah, because yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't think how I don't know like the NBA if they really um. If they bother what's 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 going on in Europe, um, it, it's it's yeah, it's sure that they won't pause their season for this stuff, and um, maybe they that they look like it's it's G League players or, or American players in Europe rather than um, rather than than pause the NBA season to to let the NBA players play. So um, yeah, I, I guess it's really about um, about Europe and and Euroleague and FIBA, and um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I can't say much about like Africa and South America, but still, um, yeah. If, if if you talk about like national teams, actually you, you have to think yeah globally. Like um, 
that that every yeah it would be nice like if, if every country every um um continent um is on the same ground and and will accept these these windows and can 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 play in these windows but but i guess the main the main topic is still in europe yeah i mean we do have we do have some players here in europe you know that um you know play national teams in in different continents you know you look at or, or at least have the chance to i mean you look at uh, you look at Ulm, who are in Euro Cup, and they just brought in a, the a New Zealand guy with mm -hmm. Isaac uh, uh, Futo. You have, um, you know, uh, Argentinians, Brazilians uh, in Spanish leagues. Um, and, and, you know, I'm kind of wondering how, how it's going to work for those. Uh, you know, we see it a little bit in the, in the FIFA windows, um, you know, where, you know, those guys, those Argentinians and Brazilians for the Champions League teams and stuff like that, UEFA Champions League teams, you know, they go, you know, go all the way back home to Brazil and, you know, go to Uruguay and whatnot to play their, their national team stuff. So, I, I, you know, it, it's one thing to say, okay, well, you know, whether or not, um, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, these guys, these EuroLeague players are going to be able to play for, uh, for Germany or for Spain or Italy, but I'm just kind of wondering what's going to happen with these, you know, Argentinians or or yeah. or, or, or or Canadians. You know, I mean, uh, the the Americans have kind of said they're just going to take D, uh, G League teams, mm -hmm. uh, G League players. I wonder what Canada's going to do if they're going to kind of do that that same route. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, have you? I mean, I know it's not really something that you you know write very much about, but what do you think about that? You know, I mean, some of these guys who. Like New Zealand, going down to New Zealand is you know is, a, is, an, yeah. is an amazing, amazingly long and, and laborious trip yeah. to get down there. Yeah, no, it, it's really a problem. The time zones, um, the players don't get dressed. Um, I mean, in the new proposal, there's like um, yeah, this day they the, the players can like travel, and the next day they have to be with the club or with the national team. But there's still no rest. There's no preparation mentally and physically, especially for the guys who have to travel like um, to the other end of the world. Um, yeah, that's that's a big problem because if you, if you talk about generating basketball and and the season, the big topic I mean it's it's like players getting rest, um, both physically, and mentally, and and to put like such a window in season and the whole traveling stuff and preparation and yeah, this is really hard for the players. Um, yeah. Uh, in Germany, the the DBB and the BBL have both uh, have both come out in public with support. For the uh, for the FIBA compromise, um, you know, there's feder national federation. I think there's six of the big federations um, have uh, have uh, also publicly said they're going to be uh, you know behind the FIBA uh, behind the FIBA side. Um, and you know the federations, you know, you know some of the federations have come out and said we're going to nominate uh, our Euroleague players. You know, I know Spain was one who said they're they're going to do that. Uh, what do you think? The, what impact do you think that the that the will the national federations have on this? Well, that's a good question. I I don't think that you can like um, say you have to join the national team. Um, yeah, well, of course this is mainly on on, on Bamberg because we have in Germany we have um, one Euroleague club with Bros Bamberg and um, I don't know. I, I guess uh, Rolf Bayer at the at tip, tip of meeting in, in Berlin um, a couple of days or weeks ago he said like we we can talk about maybe um, 
uh, given some some of our players the opportunity to play with the national team. Um, he said like we have potential seven um, players who play national team. So maybe it's it's um, it's like on them to say okay maybe one or two or three guys they can play on the national team. But I don't doubt that the um, DB can can really force some some guys to like say you have to play national team because you know it, yeah in the past is also um, always a big topic like um, many guys um, wasn't able to play with the national team because they you know were injured or they needed rest and um, yeah so it wouldn't be a good thing to like force them and that the relationship between like um, DBB and some BBL players would like um, yeah be a bad thing so I don't think that that the DBB can like force force the players to like join them. Um, uh, no, I doubt that. Um, the next the next question I uh, initially I wrote down um, who blinks first, um, but kind of revised uh -huh. it to um, how do you think it ends? Um, let's say you know, and, and you can go whatever you know. Do you do you, the national team windows are are stricken from the entire calendar, which is probably not very likely, but. You know, there's games on the 23rd of November with uh, with EuroLeague players, without EuroLeague players. There's, uh, you know, the whole gauntlet. You know, gauntlet is there for you to to decide. Uh, you know, we're we're about, I don't know, I guess about um, yeah, about two months away. You know, 23rd mm -hmm. of November is, is is really just about two months away. How do you think it ends? Um, I think um, there won't be any modifications at the windows um there won't be modifications at the european this season i guess yeah when 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 the first um qualifying games at november 20th will be there yeah there will be many players who are missing um i can see maybe like some clubs some yearly clubs would say okay um we think about it maybe that they from their side um would say okay some some national Guys, they they can play, but um, it's it's I guess it's up to them, um, to them personally. And yeah, I think um, we're gonna see like this this the sorts of how it's um, how it plays out. Um, um, yeah, let them eat chaos, let them see how it really works out, and um, if this is a good product for the national teams. Um, so I don't think there will be it's, it's too late. I think um, end of September to make any changes. Um, I think this season. Um, both parties will will play played out um, what what they planned and um, yeah we we at the at, at journalists and, and fans and we're gonna see um, if it's really a good good basketball product. So, you know, one of the things that 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 um, that you could you know kind of argue is that the um, that the the windows you know. Okay, you're not going to have your NBA guys, uh, but you know that you're you're able to kind of develop um, you know a little more depth in your program. Um, I was in a previous interview. I was trying to come up with some other names, and uh, the best I could come up with was was Nicholas Nicholas Keel, for example, a guy who's you know young and, and kind mm -hmm. of you know up right, up up and coming, and and. Um, uh, but you know, let's let's go with uh, you know, for example, um, oh god, I don't even trust here. Like, some of the guys who won't be able to, who, who weren't there, I don't know. Let's let's say a, a, a Cypher, you know, Andy Cypher, or, or you know, uh, or you know, 
you know some 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 sort of the next guys that that, that the national team you know that the federation you know that Rudel wants to bring into the team. Um, what, what do you think about that? As far as that's so that's so let's call it argument that that the you know this also gives federations a chance to develop bigger federations give, gives uh, gives them a chance to develop new national team talent. Let's say it. Yeah, of course, this may be a good thing, a byproduct, if you like, um, the veterans aren't available or the best players, then you can, like, put some some um, another 20 players or um, other in, in, in a bigger spot. That's a good thing, of course, but um, still, as a, as a federation, you want to put your, your best team um, on the hardwood, and, um, yeah, it's, yeah, then maybe um, the, the federations of the countries with a good youth program, um, with a good base, um, they're gonna have like some advantages because they have like um, better youth players, of course. Um, maybe this is a good byproduct, but still, um, do you really wanna do this in, in, in regarding like you wanna send the best product? Because like you know, in, in Germany, maybe um, yeah, if, if you have a Dennis Schroeder, this is the big name, but he will he's gonna he's gonna miss this this whole stuff, and then um, you're gonna put some some young guys in and um, the the mainstream public media they don't know them do they really have to like focus on the national team if, if there are like let's say no names for the ma mainstream perspective um so that's that's maybe a bit a problem yeah regarding um regarding focus regarding um media attention and um, if if these players aren't very not very well known for the for the mainstream public you don't want to see Andy Opes go off for 42 like he did at the university games. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do, but maybe I'm a... What about Mahir Agba, you know? <laughs> I do, but, um, you know, like... Um, We're basketball many, junkies. Um, we know who these guys even yeah, are. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, um, in Germany, it's always a talk like if you want to um, yeah, push basketball and get more attention, it's always about the national team. The national team is the... the yeah, the... the, the I don't know how the motor. In English, like... The motor, yeah, the horse locomotive, and yes. um, if they aren't the best players, then um, yeah, like uh, the, the TV stations, the public, they won't, they won't um, uh, show them games. They even didn't show the Eurobasket. So why show them um, if there's no Dennis Schroeder, no Joe Fugman, and and the other guys? So yeah, that's that's still a big problem regarding media attention and stuff. Yeah. All but right. I, yeah, of course. I, I, I yeah, from a basketball nerd perspective <laughs> it's a good thing if the young guys um uh, on the focus yeah sure yes andy Oates, 42 <laughs> baby <laughs> um will you watch it regardless I, let's say time whatever fits you know fits into your schedule and you're not doing anything whatever or 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 do you see you know is it as it uh, is it appointment uh, watching for you yeah sure because um yeah I, I'm like I'm writing about stuff on my channel so it's um <laughs> it's my duty to watch it and to like um yeah say this is good this is bad so of course I, I'm gonna because I'm, of course I'm I'm also curious how 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 this whole thing plays out and um how like um I mean, how the federation match if they're not the best um, players available match against the other of course this is a yeah this is a whole new thing in, 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 in yeah now in Europe um, and I'm curious how it plays out so of course I'm gonna watch it yeah all right Manuela for those people who might not uh, know how to follow you how to read your stuff um, go ahead and uh, let people know 
Yeah, um, maybe just go on Twitter, um, Manuel Baraniak, um, where you can find me. And maybe this, yeah, this is the the, the main target um, that at basketball de. Um, you can find my stuff. Of course, it's it's written in uh, written in German on Twitter. Um, occasionally, I I tweet in English, but um, yeah, it's it's mainly in German, but still um, sometimes in English. And yeah, there you can find me. You can write me. Uh, we can talk. We can discuss about maybe some ideas you guys have uh, for this whole FIBA Euroleague dispute. Maybe someone has a good solution. Um, yeah, for both parties, um, this the things work out. Google Translate. It's not perfect, but it, it gives you an understanding. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, Manuel underscore uh, Baraniak. That's B-A-R-A-N-I-A-K. Yep. Yes. Uh, Manuel, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. For, appreciate coming on. And thanks, uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing how this whole thing goes down. Yeah, I'm curious as well. Thank you. All right, so back on the show this week um, for a fifth time is uh, Aris Barkas from Eurohoops.net, right? .net, yes. Um, Aris, yeah. thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me, David. Uh, I hope this is some kind of record. It's probably uh, a good performance that put me in the all-time list no matter what. Yeah, you're definitely up there. Um, I, I don't know. I have, to, I, have to, I have to do a standings one day. I have to go back and look and see how many people, multiple guests and whatnot. Um, and, and you know what? I Just kind of looking and, and kind of thinking about the times and, and the things that we've talked about, I think if you're a basketball fan, you don't want to see the name Aras Barkas on my podcast because there's some problem going on in European basketball. Yes, uh, this is, yes, I, I'm your local doomsday prophet, probably. <laughs> You're Mr. Doomsday, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, but uh, yes, uh, even if I were at FAM, I would prefer uh, Ariel Star taking the mic, uh, that's for sure. But uh, uh, unfortunately, we are living in uh, strange days and we have to address, to address uh, strange matters. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, let's kind of get into it. Um, this week, we saw the yearly come and make a proposal um, to actually kind of do away with the FIBA in-season windows, national team windows, and uh, and then uh, FIBA yearly offered that. Sorry, I don't know if I said that correctly. And then FIBA came back and offered a um, uh, a compromise to kind of try to fit in the national team games in the, in the weeks, uh, kind of uh, sort of switching up a little bit the schedule for the EuroLeague. And uh, and then uh, EuroLeague basically came back and said, um, it really doesn't fit with what we want, and you know we'll come back in the next coming days and weeks um, with our uh, final um, – uh, we'll find our answer. Uh, I, I guess just first, um, you know, start off with, you know, with your thoughts, you know, when you saw saw the proposal come, when you saw the compromise come and the answer, you know, we're kind of late in the game, you know, at the end of September um, with games really in some countries already tipping off a lot of other national teams, uh, domestic leagues starting in the next couple of um, next couple of weeks. Just your thoughts about when everything kind of came down this past week and, and, and what you what you what we were kind of. Uh, uh, thinking about it all. 
first of all, it's not a surprise that uh, both proposals uh, failed to uh, give a solution. I believe that uh, in both cases, uh, the proposals were doomed because they don't really give to the other side what they want. FIBA wants uh, national team home games during the season and uh, EuroLeague wants to, wants, uh, to stabilize its schedule. Uh, having said that, it, it's a huge step for FIBA that for the first time they proposed something and they put it in the public. Uh, it, first of all, it's a sign of respect towards the EuroLeague clubs, something that the EuroLeague, uh, the EuroLeague clubs are shouting about uh, for many years that they don't get the respect that they would like to from uh, FIBA. Uh, for the first time, FIBA uh, has the intention, at least in theory, to sit on the same table with them. But they should sit on the same table and try to find a solution uh, by giving something to each other that they really need. Maybe the compromise that uh, Matt Ryan in his column at uh, Bolling Europe proposed and something that we all suspected from years ago, uh, giving to FIBA the windows and uh, FIBA giving the control of the club uh, competitions totally to EuroLeague and to EuroCup without uh, the Europe Cup and the Basketball Champions League trying to take part of the pie will be logical. But I don't see that happening at least immediately. Not at this point. Um, when we, when you, when you look at this, um, and uh, you, you look at it from the different countries, I'm just wondering if it's a different impact uh, in some countries. You know, you look at, for example, in Germany, you, you just have Bamberg, where you, where you can kind of just get away with uh, just a player here or a player there. Um, whereas, you know, in, in Greece, for example, you have, uh, Olympiakos and Panathinaikos, uh, of which so many players from the Greek national team, you know, make up the, uh, are coming from those two clubs. Uh, and then you have a, a federation like Spain where you have five EuroLeague teams, clubs, which are impacted. Um, of course, you're not talking about five times 12, uh, Spanish national team players, but um, it seems to me that it, that 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 it's a it's a it's a that it could it's a very big deal in Spain, um, and is, would you say that that's accurate that that in some federations it's a much more bigger uh, it's a much bigger deal than in, in others, and then and, and then I think also you know it's not only that Spanish national teams player national team players are playing in Spain but you know you look at you know, some countries, you know, their players are all over the place and, and the country may be, you know, more willing to release their players than others. Um, you know, like let's say Italy, you know, they, they might get a hacket from Bomberg, but they might not get, um, Datomi and Melly from Fenerbahce. You know, how, how, how accurate is that? What do you think about all that? You are right. I think that we, this will be a case of uh, club by club and country by country. Because, first of all, there is no universal punishment. Uh, how can uh, the Slovenian Federation punish, let's say, Donsic and Adolf if they don't play for the national team while they are competing for Real Madrid? 
will the Spanish Federation be willing to imply the possible punishments of the Slovenian Federation to, to Liga Endesa? This is something that nobody has an answer for at this point. Uh, the other thing is, is that in some cases uh, you have Euroleague teams that uh, they may have, they, they may not be asked to give any players. For example, Maccabi didn't have a single Israeli player in the last uh, Eurobasket. And uh, to be exact, they didn't have no player in the Eurobasket. The only candidate was the Andre Kane, who has a Hungarian passport. Uh, and there is also the case uh, of, uh, let's say, Olympiakos. If Olympiakos decides to say that we are not giving our players to the national teams, FIBA officials were expecting that, that there might be a national outcry in Greece about this, uh, about this matter, and that the public opinion will push Olympiakos to let, their, uh, let uh, uh, the players go and play for the national team. This is not the case. Uh, Olympiakos fans believe that they are treated unfairly by the, by the Greek Federation. In some cases, they have already asked for, for the, from the club to not give the players to the national team because of this kind of treatment. So they will cheer if Olympiakos ultimately says that we are not giving our players to the national team. It's not that simple. And it's going to be a case-by-case examination and scenario, you can't predict what will happen, what will be the ramification, what will be the punishments. And uh, the only thing that at this point seems to be certain is that the Euroleague teams will try to present a united front. Uh, that's the main question for them now. And uh, I believe that this will be done in the end. The Euroleague teams will present a united front. But isn't that hard? As far as when you like when you say you know some play, some teams will some clubs will have no players, one player, you know, others will have you know would have to give up you know would have to give like whatever seven eight nine ten players even to national teams throughout Europe. And, I mean, it's kind of hard yes. to figure out one one you know yes. one overriding. Yes, yes, but but the the whole context is crazy because imagine what will happen in Spain if Barcelona says. We are not giving our players to the Spanish national team, considering the current political situation in Spain. Oh, yeah, and the of Yes! Yes! Chaos! We would give them to the Catalonian yes. national team, though. <laughs> yes, the, the ramifications would be crazy. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm not Sorry. suggesting that uh, something like this is on the car. But imagine it's great if, to think about, though. I, I didn't even think about that, but that that's just a, yeah, of course. Yes, it's it, 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 so many things that are in play for such a decision that uh, you just have a great big mess on the on your hands with no prediction about what will happen and what will be the final ramification. The the, the sure thing is that. Uh, Euroleague uh, probably will not apply to their competition any punishment issued by the national federations or FIBA because at this point FIBA officially doesn't endorse any punishment. It's all about the local authorities and the local federations. 
I'm still stuck on uh, Barcelona letting the yes, players play for it, Catalonia. It's an amazing <laughs> imbalance, yes. Uh, I, and I'm sure that probably nobody thought about it yet. That's a great I, one. I, and I, I know, I, I and, and, and I'm somebody who's actually thought a lot about that, you know, about Barcelona and with Catalonia and, 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 and those teams. But that one I never thought that they would, that they might not release it to the, to, oh, God, great. Imagine what will be written. <laughs> not what will happen, what will be written. Oh. Um, there was a, at Eurobasket. There was a there was a there was a roundtable with uh, General Sec- uh, Secretary General uh, Patrick Bauman, um, and the question I asked was: um, We are had also a similar roundtable with FIBA officials in Greece before the Eurobasket, and that's also a good thing about FIBA that they finally uh, made a connection with uh, local basketball stakeholders, and I don't mean only. Journalist, I mean everyone interested in the sport, and it will be interesting to see if FIBA continue doing that, especially towards the club, because this is not. Uh, we are focusing on a debate between Euroleague and FIBA. Exactly, this is and, not and, a real and, debate. The debate is the clubs versus FIBA. Um, and and the question I asked him was, um, you know, you travel the world and you talk to, you know. You go to African countries, you go to Asian countries, everywhere else, uh, South American uh, countries. Um, and, you know, when, what do they think of this, of this um, spat between uh, EuroLeague and, and, and FIBA? And, and his response was, they're sick of it. They, they can't, they can't, they, they're sick of hearing about it. What do you think about that? Yes. Yes, I, I, I'm, I totally agree with that, <laughs> Mr. Bauman. We are even sick to talk about it. Uh, I, I believe that the most healthy reactions about the rest of the basketball world will be to be bored from this debate because it's a lose-lose situation in the end of the day. I don't see anybody emerging as a winner from such a mess. Uh... And it's true, it's true that... Uh, uh, European basketball needs the national teams, especially the countries uh, which doesn't have a strong league or a club in the Euroleague. But on the other hand, you have to take into, into account the fact that uh, uh, you have also to have an equal ground in terms of, qualif- of qualification. That was the issue raised by the French Federation, which doesn't have a Euroleague team, but will not have its best players because they are competing either in the Euroleague or in the NBA. And in our round in Greece, there was a very interesting question by a Greek journalist. What will happen to Greek basketball if Greece, let's say, lose to Denmark? Mm-hmm. FIBA is obliged to look at the big picture. It will be bad for the Greek basketball, of course, but it will be great for the Danish basketball. The, the question is how you can find the middle way in order to join all those different approaches and maybe different interests in something that in which everyone will win. It's not easy. Yeah. I wouldn't like to be in the place of FIBA because I believe that in this uh, in this war, okay, let's use the term war, I didn't want to use let's it. Call but it let's, use it. let's call it dispute. Let's call dispute. Let's just let's call just... it dispute. Yeah. In in this this in this dispute, Euroliga as an organization 
it doesn't have really anything into stake. It's about the clubs and FIBA. Euroleague is doing what the clubs are asking. And uh, they have to protect the interest of the clubs. Of course, they need basketball to evolve and grow. But uh, this is a perk for the future. At this point, they have only to defend the interest of their clubs. The question is how FIBA can maneuver in, in these conditions and this situation and prove also to the clubs that there is some kind of common interest. This is the big answer that in which everyone is trying which everyone is trying to find. What will be the thing that FIBA gives ultimately to the clubs, to those 16 clubs that have very different needs than the rest of the European basketball in order to find a compromise? I, I, I don't have an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's true. I, don't, I really don't have an answer. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And, and, and I think, you know, just like you brought up the, you brought up Maccabi, you know, the the let's say the counterpart to Maccabi is the French, you know, where you say they don't have a national, they don't even have a yearly team. And so you can't, you know, uh, but they have uh, basically all their players playing for Euroleague or NBA teams. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and the fact that the NBA is out of this conversation gives uh, a huge argument to the side of the clubs. Of course, Euroleague is not the NBA. It's light years behind the NBA, and there can't be any comparison. But it's unfair to the players to treat the NBA stars differently than those who play in the Euroleague. It's unfair in a very simple basis. You have players like Cedius Mann, Bogdan Bogdanovic and Milos Theodosic living for the NBA and playing for the NBA. They would not be called international teams for the qualification games. This is already decided and they are safe in quotes. What about Sergio Rodriguez? He played for the NBA and he returned. He should get punished for returning to Ceska Moscow than staying in a similar contract or a little less with a little less uh, payment in the NBA where he will be in a safe haven protected and not be asked to do anything FIBA is not wrong they are not wrong on what they are asking it's a good idea it was presenting it was presented three years ago even if there was no concrete dates, it was obvious that FIBA wanted national team games during the season. But uh, the tricky part is how you apply an idea, which is really good and will be helpful to basketball. If Euroleague didn't exist, there will be no debate. Mm, yeah. but, but the fact is that you cannot deny the existence of Euroleague. Are, are you surprised we're still, I'm not going to say this far away, 
because that that says that you know that implies that there's still you know a big distance between but are you, are you surprised that we're 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 basically kind of still at the point where it's been the whole time or or would and would you even say that that we are still there or we're further yes, away I, we're closer I, I really don't have an answer also to that <laughs> and that, that that probably makes us all bad journalists but uh, the fact is that uh, uh, throughout that season uh, from the moment that uh, the, ba- the Basketball Champions League started and onwards, there have been many contacts between FIBA and EuroLeague, even in an unofficial level. There is a distrust between the two sides. So the fact that we are currently in the same position that we were one year ago, it's not such a big surprise. And it has also to do with politics. Nobody wants to give to the other side the right to say that we have won this debate. But I wouldn't be surprised if the answer to all this conflict is just around the corner. And suddenly... Me- meeting up with Emmett, Emmett for a couple of beers in, in Ireland, right? Yes, probably, probably. <laughs> That's the best idea <laughs> that, that was made public in this debate, by far, by far. There's no comparison. Um, the, the only, the only, the only objection is the weather of Ireland. Nothing else. Nothing else. By far, the best idea. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I, I will be really surprised if this situation continues. Let's say for more, more than one Olympics, Olympic cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be really uh, surprised. Only, only the European side or also the NBA? Uh, that's another big issue. And we will need a whole other show to talk about it, and uh, especially on the situation between the NBA and Cuba. We certainly don't have... Uh, we have very few data in which we can uh, base any assumption. The fact is that at this point, the, the NBA is treated like uh, they are a completely different sport. Mm-hmm. A- and I don't think that that's what FIBA really wants. I- I'm, not, I'm not seeing FIBA uh, not trying to get at least on equal grounds with NBA. But that will be a very long and hard process. Because when you talk about the NBA, you practically talk about the NBA money. And everyone has to admit that the financial power of the NBA does everything else in world basketball. Mm everything else there can't be any comparison in any aspect i was going through some of the euro cup um rosters and noticed um that uh, a couple of teams um actually i think even pesco uh and not Pascone, uh that bill Pau, if i'm not mistaken Bilbao, one of them one of them one of the spanish teams i think had a um 
uh, a, a really young, a really uh, up and coming, talented uh, uh, Argentinian, and then also a Brazilian, um, yeah. and also know of um, Fotu, the the New Zealand uh, yes. player coming coming to Ulm from Valencia, somewhere in Spain. From Zaragoza. 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 From Zaragoza, if I'm not completely wrong. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this talk. Um, is you know focused on europe and you know whether or not you know a guy's gonna go you know all the way from moscow to go to to madrid uh do you have any idea about you know the let's say new zealand australians uh you know south americans you know the couple of uh, americas uh players national team players that are over here in europe how they're going to tackle these uh national team windows in theory, the problem is concentrated only on the Euro clubs. Euro Cup players will be. No, I mean, just as play. far as yeah, I mean, but I mean, do you do you anticipate them playing? I mean, just because the distances. Yes, this is also also in theory because they will not be able to pay a private jet like uh, Leo Messi and travel uh, without any stopover to the other side of the globe. They may not be able to play. But uh, this is also a case-by-case case scenario. Yeah. And what surprised me, what really surprised me, because I didn't know about it, was that uh, there is a strange rumor going on in France that the EuroCup teams ha have also informed the Federation that they will not give their players to the national team, which is really unheard of. This is the, the first time... The windows the, are uh, built into the schedule, though. Yes. This is the first time that I heard something about this. We have not published it in, uh, uh, on Eurohoops, and I'm not really sure if I should mention it right now. I just, I'm just mentioning, uh, mentioning it just to show the confusion that there is around Europe. Yeah. At this point, everyone can start a crazy rumor about <laughs> someone who is not willing to play for the national team. Let's say... Doncic is retiring from the Slovenian national team. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yes. I didn't say it, though. <laughs> yes. Even Fake news. Thing, Fake news, uh, man. Yes. Come on. Yes. As, uh, yes. as crazy as, as it may sound, <laughs> if someone writes this, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that someone should write it. It's fake news, of course. But if someone writes something as crazy as this, the, the landscape is so confusing that mm. a lot of people are going to believe it. Yeah. Um, for this last question, um, yeah, second to last question, uh, the last major issue, I guess. Um, I, I originally wrote who blinks first, and then I thought, well, oh, that's not quite right. Um, how do you think it ends? Uh, what happens when November 23rd comes around? Uh, and, and you could go, you know, However you want to go, you could say there's no FIBA windows anymore. They've been canceled. Um, or you yes, could say yes, yes. EuroLeague teams will play, EuroLeague players will play or, you know, no Euro Cup will play. You know, how, how does it end? What happens on November 23rd? You know, give us give us your, you know, go look into your crystal, crystal ball, uh, you know, about two months yes. in advance. Look, first of all, I, I believe that it will be unfair at this point for the national team windows to be cancelled. And don't call me crazy, because this has not to do only with Europe. 
If we were talking only about Europe, then this might be an option. But we are talking about the whole world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the exceptions will be Europe and we will not have national team windows only for Europe. But I don't see how uh, national teams around the globe, some of them with very low resources, which are trying to prepare something in order to qualify to the FIBA World Cup, are going to take a general decision about cancelling the windows because there's a dispute in Europe. I believe that it will be totally unfair for them. Speaking strictly about Europe, even that will be an option. But on the other hand, I don't see how the windows will work without Europe. So I don't believe that FIBA will cancel the window. What we already know is that the national teams of, let's say, big basketball nations are already prepared to field teams without EuroLeague players. We have seen the speculations, we have seen the possible rosters, we have seen in many cases the head coaches leaving the the range of their teams to their assistants. So the qualification games will not be an A-class event. That's why, for example, the Greek national team already announced that the games will be given not in Athens, but in Crete. In a very good, uh, in very good conditions, in a great gym uh, at Heraklion, which has been the home. We all know that from the last events. couple of years. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and everyone wants to travel to Heraklion. And believe me, even after November, it will be summer. It will be great for, for, for everyone who, who will attend this event. And probably local fans will uh, sell the tickets. I don't, accept that. I don't expect the Greek national team playing, let's say, in an empty gym. But it's obvious that if they had the game in Athens, the interest will be much lower. Everyone is adapting and they are making the best of the situation. So you are right. Until last year, everyone believed that this was a chicken game. It's not. It's just two different visions that at this point have no common ground. The question is, which can be the common ground between the two sides. We were asked in our own uh, FIBA round table, which was unofficial, what will be our proposed solution? The first was the obvious one. Don't have windows during the season. It was said point blank. Don't have them. FIBA doesn't accept that. And we understand the reasons. What will be the other alternative? What FIFA is doing? Pay the clubs. Compensate the clubs for leaving their players for the national teams. FIBA is not entirely negative in this idea. But they say that let us create a pie and then the clubs may get a slice. However, this is not good enough for the clubs at at this point. They want something in advance. So uh, 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 there is room for negotiation, that's for sure. 
there is room for the, the negotiation. The, the bad thing about all those negotiations, the downside is that you don't have the NBA players in the acquisition. And the NBA players were also an example for many things. Throughout the years, many European legends paid from their own pockets in order to accommodate the insurance that their federation had to pay to the NBA. They have took from their own pockets expenses in order to be uh, on time in their training camps and without having any conflicts with the obligations to the NBA. They have brought the NBA to the national teams. It was considered a blessing for any national team to have an NBA star for many reasons, also for financial reasons. If you don't, I believe that the main issue for the for FIBA will be to find a way to include the NBA players in every national team games. That will give a, a real value to those kind of games. And that's another very big conversation. And there is also a hint that maybe if the U.S. P team loses some qualification games, then the NBA will be forced to reconsider its decision about not letting NBA players compete for Team USA during the season. Mm -hmm. But if we wait for something like this to happen, we may wait for more than a decade. No disrespect to the opponents of the uh, Team USA, but I don't see an American team without NBA players being able to compete with uh, even uh, the top US players of uh, the G League. All right. And, and I, don't, I don't think that th this can be the plan in order to lure the NBA players in the qualification games. Yeah, that they're forced, they're forced to because your yeah. team lost. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it, it's a very big question. There are no easy answers. Some assumptions are more than time-consuming. In short terms, there's no obvious solution. And uh, I believe that uh, in the end of the day, it's going to be about finding a balance. It might sound crazy at this point, but even without the EuroLeague players, maybe the qualification game will be a roaring success. Uh, that kind of that kind of that goes to sort of the next question. The final question would be. Um, you know, okay. You know, obviously, this is part of your job. But how much are you going to watch of the qualifiers? I I will try to watch as much as I can. Especially, I I'm not seeing myself not watching the games of the Greek national team, for example, because the the, the fact that those games are part of a conflict at this point makes them interesting. But this is a very specialized angle, which concerns very few people. Only basketball professionals. Uh, we are not. We are not uh, uh, the, the the persons to be asked to be asked about the interest 
of those kind of games. This has to do with the general public only, period. No, no one else can decide. And uh, from my experience, uh, the national team is not assured bet in any sport. For example, the Greek national football team, which have won miraculously the European Championship in 2004, is now playing between uh, one hundred uh, uh, or two hundred people in uh, stadiums that uh, have a capacity of, of 30 or uh, 40. And there is also the same idea there to have them play only in uh, cities outside the capital because the public interest the, the public interest there will be by default bigger than having them playing in Athens or at Piraeus. At this point we are at trial and error. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, last... <laughs> You'll like this one. Um, give me the reason why we talk the next time on this podcast. <laughs> we will talk next time on this podcast because uh, uh, finally the NBA players will be available for every game of their national teams and uh, the interest will be so much high that uh, this podcast will be broadcasted even by the ESPN Live. Wow! <laughs> how, That's great, right? how soon can we get that podcast going? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great answer. Uh, I will drink with Emma to that. Um, all right. So for those few people out there who might not know how to follow you and everything that you, you guys do over there, uh, let people know, um, all your good stuff. Okay. My, I'm Maris Barkas. I'm the, let's say, editor in chief of the English version of, uh, Eurohoops.net because I'm saying this because Eurohoops.net has five other versions, uh, uh, which are trying their best to improve every day and be the best they can. Uh, you can also find me in my social media. Uh, I'm a relatively uh, average height guy who <laughs> is interested in basketball and world classes, a typical journalist. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, you will bear with me if you are paying at uh, Cosmo TV to watch uh, basketball games. I'm, I'm the guy on the side of Olympia Bench, usually. <laughs> you will not see me. You will only hear me when I'm commentating NBA games, etc. Fantastic. Aris, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, look forward to the next time. Something tells me not that topic that you brought up with, but still will be definitely interesting without a doubt. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, we need to talk about something else. Yeah. I, I know that, I know that uh, I'm good at this, but... Uh, <laughs> no, hey man, I would love to talk yes. about different things than this. We will talk about something different. Well, wasn't definitely. the first one that we talked about was was Greek violence, right? The fan violence in Greek, yeah, Greece. Yeah, yeah, that was either the first yes. or the second time we talked. Yeah, uh, the Greek Greek league finals. Yeah, a classic. Yeah, it hasn't gotten any better, has it? Uh, we hope for the best, and always prepare for the worst. Yeah, Th- that's the way to approach. Yeah. But but yes, I I believe that in recent years uh, they. Uh, they have been uh, made. Uh, there are strides uh, 
compared to a, a very dark period uh, at the start of the decade when it was obvious that uh, some games will not uh, just will not end. But uh, it's it's a very long debate. We have done it another time, and I hope that we will not force to do it in the future. <laughs> I hope so too. All right, Aris, uh, the, thanks again, and uh, we'll we'll uh, see you down the road. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Some. <laughs> I, I I tell you what, man. That that uh, that idea or whatever that that whole concept uh, that Aris brought up regarding the <laughs> regarding Barcelona not not letting their players play for the Spanish national team because of for political reasons but then that would maybe let the Catalan players play for Catalan that's just so awesome I know I was laughing about it quite a bit and and uh but you know that that just is um <laughs> oh, oh well um yeah I just Oh, that was fantastic chat with uh, with Aris. The other two were great as well. Um, so, but thanks thanks to those guys. Hope you enjoy those talks. Um, you know, it's it's not something that's going to go away right away. Um, and you know, we have two two months now to find out what's gonna you know what's gonna happen. November twenty third are the the national team windows. Uh, that's the start the first games of the qualifiers. And. Uh, so we'll just wait and see what happens. Uh, last thing to let you uh, to for you before we go is to let you know what you're going to be listening to. Uh, somewhat fittingly, I guess we could call that. This song is called Why Can't We Get Along. Uh, the song is by Derek Clegg, and it is available on freemusicarchive.org. Again, Why Can't We Get Along by Derek Clegg, freemusicarchive.org. Go check it out. Check out all the great music on that site. Um... Have have a good week, and uh, we will catch up to you next week. So, talk, enjoy. There's nobody out there. There's nobody out there. I've tried. Live for the moment We're living our life straight Out of a book and we know That none of that matters It's you, it's me Why can't we live how we want it to be? It's you, it's me We used to live life cemetery It's you, it's me why can't we get along? There's nobody out there There's nobody out there I've tried To pick up the pieces And live in my life straight Out of a book makes me know all that could matter It's you, it's me Why can't we live how we want it to be? It's you, it's me We used to live life symmetry It's you, it's me I need alone sometimes and
what you have there And if I raise my mind I'll fix all the clouds in my stare I need a lonesome time Try to fix all the things I don't share So say you're gonna be there It's you, it's me Hi, this is Patrick Bauman, Secretary General FIBA, and you're listening to Taking the Charge. Enjoy.